tonight on Unsolved Mysteries. Broken hearts, burning car, armored car killings, and amnesia victim. Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert, and this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Robbie, this is our diamond anniversary, sort of, episode. What's diamond? Is that 75? Yeah, that's right. This is our 75th episode. Whoa! I'm sorry, I I, I lost track. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the 75th episode, not including any minisodes or other such things that we've done. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, well, let's call it our Diamond j- Jubilee, shall we? I've been watching The Crown on Netflix, so everything is very, like, <laughs> much about the monarchy right now with me. Oh, I see. Interesting. We'll have to talk mm. about that at some point after the show. Yeah, I mean, I spent, like, an entire three days, about, I don't know, two and a half weeks ago, being raging mad at margaret thatcher <laughs> um even though she's very much dead uh so i was like really mad okay for for uh, a while um and then uh, more recently i've been very mad at prince charles okay and i think i'm still just kind of mad at charles hmm Hmm. so is that is that like a chronological like program that's go- just going through the the the, the the royal family's background starting at some date and just moving forward or um... mm-hmm. it starts with um queen elizabeth's well she's not the queen yet princess elizabeth's marriage to prince who's not the prince yet prince philip oh, okay uh it starts so whenever that is and then it goes through so i think every season is supposed to be like a decade so the most recent season was the 1980s oh wow um so the first season starts in the 1950s but there's some flashbacks to the 40s and 30s and stuff just for context so you know why certain people do certain things i see um so yeah every every uh season is a decade interesting interesting yeah so but it i I had started watching the, sorry, this isn't the crown podcast, but just like, I think about it a lot. Uh, and I feel like there's probably a lot of overlap between people who watch the crown and people who, who like unsolved mysteries and listen to our podcast. And by that, I mean, um, women, <laughs> that's sexist. I shouldn't say that anyway. So <laughs> no, I'm um, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure if you, if you looked at the demographic d- demos or the demographics, that, that yeah. they're probably I I think your 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 suspicion is correct. <laughs> uh I but please don't tell me if I'm wrong. I know there's dudes out there listening to and that's fine and welcome. Welcome to you, sirs. And then anyone else who doesn't fit into neatly into either category. Also welcome welcome. But right now I'm speaking to the crown viewers and yeah, I haven't I basically didn't watch the second or third season. So mm-hmm. I so Dave and I jumped like right into the the fourth season, which is out right now, which is the 1980s, and it every episode makes me want main one of us want to flip over a table, basically. Oh wow! And Feel- so now we've gone back and because Dave didn't even watch any part of the first season, I had started it a couple years ago but didn't finish, and so now we're going back to the first season, and everything's just sort of so lovely, and all the stakes are so low. <laughs> You know, just the the color of the 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 drapes sort of uh, level of uh, mm-hmm. mm. okay, yeah, and you know Winston Churchill's back. He came back in the fifties. Oh yes, yes, and uh, and uh, yeah. So it's a uh, it's it's interesting. But in the nineteen eighties, like I had no idea I had such deep feelings about Princess Di until rewatching this because oh. I apparently have some big feelings about Princess Di. In that case, um, you you may want to brace yourself when the '90s come around. Uh-huh. You, no, I know what happens, Robbie. That's why I have big feelings about. Oh, it. oh, okay, okay. It's like God, yeah. Don't get attached to her as your favorite character for too long. <laughs> no, I mean it's just it's just me screaming about how these parasites ruin this poor woman's life. You know, it's just me doing that. Okay, so, uh, but 
Should we, uh, what are we here to do? Unsolved Mysteries? Unsolved Mysteries. Not the Crown Podcast. No, no, this isn't Crown Cast. This is reenacted. Let's get into it. It's season four, episode 24. So the first, uh, the first segment here is a SciMed, which I don't know if we've had one of those recently. It's been a while, I think. Yeah, very often these kind of fall into like medical miracle type situations, which is um, something extraordinary has happened to somebody. And then um, we interview a bunch of doctors and they're like, it must have it must have been a miracle. And then we're like, who are these doctors? And also, like, maybe that's just a figure of speech and unsolved mysteries and need to run with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, this is not that. So um, this is actually a very sad story, though. They're one of the, one of the things when they're uh, when Stack is doing his narration in the opening of the show, when he's kind of telling us what we're going to look at this week, there's an unfortunate <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. There's an unfortunate clip of a young man, like basically in a real, like super 90s, uh, doing like the running man in a really blousy shirt and then just freezing up and keeling over. And that reenactment really made me giggle, even though it's sad. Uh, I mean, uh, it really is kind of like one of the. There's not much reenacting in this segment, or really kind of this episode. It's a lot more interviewee, but uh, that that is mm. that is one of the ones that sticks out. Yeah, I mean, just the just like he just keels keels over. So we're gonna talk about um, an unfortunate affliction that has fall- befallen the Santos family, and um, they. It starts with 34-year-old Francisco Santos um, and his wife and their seven children, and they all live in Guam. So um, this is, we're going to go way, way the hell back to New Year's Eve on 1960. And uh, Francisco, um, and we're hearing the retelling from his his wife. Uh, Francisco begins snoring in his sleep and in the reenactment, we, we do get a little bit of a reenactment here where his wife tries to like shake him awake and then she's, she's crying. I mean, the reenactor is really good taking it to 11, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't know, Robbie, do you snore? I've been told sleep? I snore like a motherfucking banshee quote unquote i have you ever woken yourself up by your own snoring oh no i I, i'm a heavy sleeper i sleep through anything okay i have multiple times woken myself up from my own snoring (laughs) (laughs) it's good to know uh and fortunately the person that i i share my bed with is also a heavy sleeper so it doesn't seem to bother him very much but um, in my, uh, in my middle age, such as it is in my, um, I'm, I'm a snorer, but I, the, the reason I bring this up is because, uh, Francisco was not a snorer. In fact, he was in perfect health as far as anyone could tell. And so his wife's freaking out cause he's snoring and then he won't wake up. He won't, he's not responding. And, um, unfortunately he right there and then he passes away. And so um, at the time, uh, his death was determined to be a stroke. Um, Adding another layer to this, there's a picture of uh, Francisco. And he looks exactly like a guy I work with. Oh, (laughs) really? It's really freaking me out. Like, like exactly. Same haircut, same. How old is the guy you work with? He's my age. He's, what, 35, 36? 30 uh-huh. however old i am <laughs> you th- maybe maybe there's some reincarnation going on there maybe maybe i won't mention his name just on the off chance that right. anyone i work with is listening to this yeah. god-awful podcast but um yeah it looks <laughs> dead ringer okay yeah. okay so francisco passes away all right so uh donatilla 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 donatello i don't know his wife his widow uh, by 1970, she's remarried, and she moves to the mainland um, in Northern California. Uh-huh. To be very specific, uh, the <clears throat> the Silicon Valley area. Huh. With her, she has seven children, so she gets remarried with seven children. And I'm just like, that stepdad though, like, 
way to go, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you took it on, my yeah, friend. Um, uh, yeah, there's no, no louch there. Unfortunately, they don't interview him or talk to him at all. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Maybe he, he had passed away as well um, by the time Unsolved Mysteries comes along. I don't know. I'm sad we didn't get to hear from him. Uh, although I don't know that he would have much to say because he is not the biological father to these children. And it, in, in just hang with me here. That will matter in a moment. Okay. So, uh, fast forward to 1981. Um, Doris Santos is the youngest daughter, uh, of this family. And now she, she's found unconscious in her bedroom and, um, you know, no one can shake her awake. Uh, we don't spend too much time on Doris's deal though. Um, we do spend a lot of time focused on what looks like a wedding photo, somebody's wedding photo with all the groomsmen of this family. And I have to say the Santos mustache game is on. (laughs) It is tremendous. They are. Every man in that family has like the best mustache. (laughs) I I I do not like mustache to to be wearing a mustache. It feels very uncomfortable to me. So, and I, I um does well, Robbie, that's because you know, you're a big white guy and you would just look like a pervert. <laughs> mustache. I, yeah, admittedly, I mean that's that's already a danger, so I, I guess I I wouldn't want to exacerbate <laughs> it any anymore. Um, Dave, like, uh, he had a beard, he has a beard again, but a while back he had a beard and he was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I got to shave it off. And I said, okay, but just for one night, can we do sneak attack mustache? (laughs) (laughs) And so he shaved everything on except the mustache. I have a picture of him with it. And then we went out to dinner and I just, when I was sitting across the table from him, I was like, you got to shave that shit. It's gross. So then he came home and shaved it off. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the story of Dave's mustache. What was I talking about? Uh, all right, so Doris unfortunately passes away, and again, no existing health conditions anybody knows about. Her death is attributed to heart failure. Um, uh, and then we get an interview with, um, uh, I think her name's Dana, and she is the wife to, to Ronnie Santos, and he's. Uh, 23 years old. He's the youngest brother in the family. Mm-hmm. And um, we get this reenactment. And uh, I'm I'm tempted to tap Bill Tilly to make me a T-shirt that says this, the Sunny. God, what was the T-shirt they were wearing? They were at some softball game. It was Dana. And, oh. Um, Ronnie. It was like the Sunnyvale Classic. It was. <laughs> ju- the, but these T-shirts that Unsolved Mysteries printed up for the reenactors was tremendous. <laughs> And I kind of want like a Sunnyvale classic softball team <laughs> t-shirt. Um, I mean, I'm not, that's not a command to Bill Tilly, but just in case he feels so inclined to put his graphic design skills to use, I, I, I wouldn't be mad. I feel it. guilty enough when I like, when I drop a, a, a subtle request to like our producer who we pay money to we seek only to help you yeah i'm i'm not requesting anything i'm just saying i wouldn't be angry if bill had some free time on his hands went back to season four episode 24 of unsolved mysteries with robert stack (laughs) you know zoomed in on the font and such that's being used in the reenactment of the softball game and then made us both t-shirts i would not be mad is all I'm saying. In fact, I would enjoy it very much. But that is not a request. Uh, Bill's a busy man. Yeah. And he has he has certainly done done enough to promote our little chat hour here. If, what, <laughs> Even though we don't pay him. So. Pro- probably our strongest social media advocate, uh, I, I'd have to say. Even more so than our own social yeah, media. Defi- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um. And if you don't know who Bill Tilly is, you need to get woke. Okay, moving on. Ronnie Santos, who's 23 years old. He's at a softball game. We get this whole reenactment where he's like, oh, he's talking to some people. And then all of a sudden he's leaning on the bat and he and he goes down and um, uh, his wife, Dana, comes running over. And um, 
and he's that's doa he's done just dies just like that okay and um uh they think it's cardiomyopathy which is something having to do with a viral infection but again now we're up to three people we have francisco the father died very young okay Mm -hmm. we have doris died in her 20s just dropped dead uh now we have ronnie okay so a year after this uh the eldest son of the family, Frank, uh, collapses. And uh, his wife and um, his mother were out running errands. Again, we get another reenactment of um, they're rushing home and, and Donatilla is, is, you know, she's, they're Catholic, so she's, you know, praying and holding a rosary and whatnot. And, uh, you know, at this point, though, they've, they've had, they've already lost three members of their family. Like, what are they, you know, they're just, people are just dropping dead. Young people, healthy people are dropping dead. Um, so they, they get home. The paramedics are already there. Um, you know, Frank Santos passes away. And again, it's cardiomyopathy, which is, I guess, some, something having to do with a viral infection. Um, okay. Now we're in 1987. 30 year old Ralph dies of a viral infection of the heart in his sleep. Man. So Francisco, Doris, um, Ronnie, Frank, Ralph. Uh, and then finally in 1991, this is where Unsolved Mysteries gets involved. Frank Santos Jr., who's in high school, okay? So we've been getting, like, increasingly younger. Right. Well, not really. I guess Ralph was 30 when he passed away. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Frank Santos Jr. um, collapses during a high school dance. And uh, that's the thing I was laughing at was him in his blousey shirt doing the running man and then just freezing up and keeling over. Um, So, and I guess Frank is Annette's. Yeah, Annette, who's married to Frank Santos Sr. And so this is their son. Mm -hmm. And so now Annette has lost, you know, she's lost her husband and her son, and Donatilla has lost, you know, how many? Five? Were we up to five yeah. children? And her yeah. husband? Four children? Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it is a, a just horrific, like, toll on, on just a single family. Not even like an extended family, mm-hmm. like, direct, immediate. Yeah, this is immediate family. Yeah. So the appeal that we're left with, the unsolved mystery, is they know it's something with the heart. And so a doctor that's familiar with the cases comes on to unsolved mysteries and he says, we know it's something with the heart and we know it's something genetic, but we don't know what it is and we can't treat it. And what this really struck me as like, this would be a situation even just a couple years later where a doctor would get on maybe like a medical messaging board or an email um distribution list or something and he would start emailing his colleagues like here are all the you know presenting symptoms this is what's happening this is how old they are and i think pretty quickly like just asking his colleagues around the country like there would have been an answer but because that's not that's there's nothing in medical journals there's nothing and so it kind of had to be the solution had to be crowdsourced basically through unsolved mysteries and we actually do get an update uh, and it is something, what is it called? A bunch of people called in saying this is what it sounds like. It's called Brugada syndrome. Something like that, yeah. I have to admit, I'm a little bit embarrassed by this. While I was watching the entire segment, I I, I was kind of like, okay, this is tragic, but I don't, I don't understand what the mystery is here. The, the family has heart issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the mystery is like they don't know what the heart issue is, but... Whoa. What what are the call, what are the people watching at home supposed to do? And I I, I guess it didn't even occur mm-hmm. to me like you know oh well you know maybe the the actual medical qualified people at home will call in with with tips. I, like like you said, this is just like just a few years later, he could have gone on the doctor could have gone on some sort of medical messaging board, uh, mm-hmm. an actual positive development that. That, that could have stemmed from the internet <laughs> but uh anyway so I, I yeah i i kind of i was just watching i was like i don't i don't get it what's going to be the call to action I, I don't know anything about heart issues uh uh do i mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah but i mean there's you know there was probably several like obviously several doctors because they know, all medical they geneticists all in. yeah doctors <laughs> uh 
um, cardiologists, you know, folks who have seen this before. So I, I think, um, so what happens is the, uh, they, they all get tested. It is in fact, Brugada syndrome, Rocky Santos, um, the uh another son of frank santos who had passed away was put on a pacemaker and then everybody else gets daily heart medication and then no one else died yeah. from this it was solved so that's, and that's, that's a, good i don't know it's just i don't yeah it is good you know i i i was thinking about this is kind of a bummer but that's okay i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna, can i share a little bit on our pod sure. is that okay some personal some personal stuff um you know, it w- it wasn't necessarily from a genetic uh, situation, but though it may have been, we don't we don't really know. But in um, 1987, I think it was within 14 months of each other, my grandfather passed away. My father passed away, and his my father's eldest sister mm. um, passed oh, away wow. as well. Within one year, of, I think it was 14 months, it may, it may not have been one year, but, um, you know, it was, so it was their father who died. Yeah. Um, and so I don't remember why grandpa Bob died, but, uh, my father died of cancer. He was 31 years old. And then I think Dana, his older sister, she was in her thirties and she passed away from cancer as well within the same year. And it's not quite the same shock as like. Just dropping dead right. as a young person. It's not quite the same thing, but it is, you know, it's it's a th- it's kind of this break in a family that I don't think anyone really gets yeah. over. You know, when you lose you lose so many people so quickly. And um, you know, this is this syndrome, this Brigada syndrome sounds mm, fucking terrifying. Right. Like to not know you have it and you're, and you don't, and these people didn't have like heart arrhythmia. They didn't have an irregular heartbeat or anything. They weren't being treated they for just heart problems. And then just died. suddenly it's like, just, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm reading in the wiki though. Uh, it's most, this Brugada syndrome is a genetic disorder most commonly seen in Thailand and Laos. Mm. That in, that causes an increased risk and sudden cardiac death. And that wasn't mentioned in our little brief update that we get with unsolved mysteries, but it makes me wonder if that's why American doctors did, did, were having a hard had time. Had no with familiarity it. with it. And yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. this is just a complete mystery. I, I, I wonder, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe there's some Thai or Laotian doctors who, who like mm-hmm. wrote in like, Oh, I know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, such was the uh, such was uh, the SciMed segment. I'm glad that the the remain the remaining Santos family uh, actually are you know they 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 either had the thing done to their heart or they're taking medication. They're just mm-hmm. they're, they're safe, relatively speaking. Yeah. They're still playing in the Sunnyvale Classic. Right, right. (laughs) Presumably. Um, Well, do you want to talk about murder? Yeah, that's what we do here. Okay, our next segment is... uh, It's actually, I... When I was watching it i thought of it as a burning car segment for most of the (laughs) most most of the program Mm. um we have a little reenactment of uh, kathy bonder bonderson having an argument with her husband Mm. Mm -hmm. uh something about their Mm -hmm. teenage son you know the typical raising raising your your kid sort of argument and in the in the Mm -hmm. reenactment she storms off into a car and drives away and we have um, in the reenactment, we have her uh, uh, her son noticing her car driving by him and being like, "Oh sh- shit, that was my mom." I, I, I hope yeah. she didn't see me. <laughs> yeah, he's like he just like grabbed his girlfriend's head and like pushed her pushed her head down like duck, and then it was like in his lap. It was really weird. <laughs> like, he shouldn't have done that. No, no, that that's not that's not cool, dude. That's not cool. <laughs> um 
But then we, yeah, then we, we, we skip ahead and firefighters are rushing out to a car that is engulfed in flames. And this, this looks like unsolved mysteries. They just took a, took a, a broke down used up car and they just set it on fire. And, and it is, it is fun to watch. But unfortunately, it turns out that she was actually inside the car. Um, mm-hmm. And it took them a while before they were even able to, like, suppress the flames and be able to, like, start looking into the car. Um, and this basically sets up a segment that's mostly a he said, he said between a... A mm-hmm. local sheriff and a state trooper. Uh, the local sheriff, mm-hmm. they have a reenactment of him coming out, sort of looking into the car, walking over to the, the the train tracks that the car was nearby, sort of looking around them. And he came to the conclusion that the her car, she like lost control of her car or whatever, and then it like drove over the railroad tracks instead of at the crossing, and this made her car set on fire. Uh, Crystal, have you have, have you ever heard of like someone driving over something and it sets their car on fire? Is that a thing? Only in like Grand Theft Auto Three, <laughs> I think, is that a thing? And that definitely didn't exist in nineteen eighty seven. Right, so. right. Uh, so he, that that's that's the conclusion he came to. But then we get a state trooper who comes along. He's like, "Wait a second, this doesn't make sense." What? None of the grass in this field's been disturbed. You know, he, he examines the the tracks for marks. Um, eventually, has the car like he has a well, like a a fire, fi- state fire expert or something join him in like examining the, the car. Mm-hmm. And they came to the conclusion that yeah. there was no actual damage on the car. It, it, you know, it's as if it was set on fire. And mm. did, did we have a, a legal back and forth about exhuming her body to uh, to, to examine. And this is, uh, you know, we, we kind of, uh, we have the situation, you know, the situation is the state trooper thinks this is a homicide, you know. Uh, whereas the the sheriff is maintaining, mm-hmm. nope, nope, this is an accident. And the sheriff was so chagrined that like that they they would be digging up the uh, the body, and he was just like, uh, like I mean, he mm-hmm. mostly just seemed to be insulted. He's like, I you know questioning my work, and uh, the we don't really have much in the way of reenactments in this, except towards the the end of this segment. We get a, a reenactment of a very large uh, gentleman throwing gasoline uh, onto a car and setting it ablaze and running away, which I'm wondering whether that was actually the stunt coordinator <laughs> during the when they initially set the car <laughs> on fire for um, uh, for earlier in the segment. And the the case is uh, leaving us for uh, with a call to action. And we get a text update. So this was something that was. Wait, can we before we before we get to the right. update? I feel like we all know what happened <laughs> before we even got that update. What, what was your what was your instinctual uh, sense of what happened? The husband did it. Absolutely, they got in an argument. So the son the the evidence we get is they get in an argument. Mm-hmm. Kathy gets in her car to go find her son. Her son sees her, but she doesn't see him. The son also sees another yes. car following that, following her car. I mean, who who else would have known she was out there at that time of night and where she yeah, was? Yeah, you know, the, I'm kind of like, the thing in the back of my mind is, who knew that her and, like, her and her husband were having an argument about their son before they drove off. I guess maybe maybe a neighbor overheard it or something. Yeah, maybe the yeah. neighbors. Or, you know. Because otherwise like it kind of just felt like, here's what they might have been arguing about. Um, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have to admit, like my mind, I, I didn't, I didn't piece that together because I started to get fixated on the sheriff. Like, what if the sheriff did it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I know, I know mm. the show's not insinuating, and there's no, no reason to believe that. But that's where my mind was going. And then, so when the all text update shows up, and it's like, oh, you know, uh, X number of years later, they fig- figured out that uh, her husband did it. I was like, oh. Well, I guess that makes. Yeah, I mean, I'm like no. I guess no that shit. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, no justice could be served because what happens? Oh, uh, I must have missed that. What what did happen? Oh, he before the before he could be um, taken into custody, he killed himself. Ah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, I guess yeah, the society didn't get to exact justice, but um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want some updates from the wiki? There's more. Yeah, there's more. Um, okay, so uh, in 2005, specifically, cold case investigators reopened the case, and a new autopsy perf- performed proved that Kathy had definitely been murdered. Um, there was injuries to her neck and throat that were not consistent with the accident, and it was the cause of her death. In 2006, authorities discovered that Robert, the ex-husband, was living in Thermopolis, Wyoming. Uh, he talks to the police, vanishes, and he leaves behind his bank and credit cards. In April of 2006, so two months later, authorities discovered that he had taken his own life in a remote cabin in the Montana mountains. Police later concluded that he had been alive. Had he been alive, he would have been arrested for Kathy's murder, and that he's definitely responsible for her mm. death. So there's, so that's that's that. But during the investigations over the years, it was discovered that Robert had started dating another woman a few months prior to Kathy's death. Also, he had taken a fifty thousand dollar life insurance life insurance policy out on her just two months before. So basically, he picked a fight, got her to leave yeah. the house. <laughs> Oh, oh. And killed her and then lit her on fire to try and make it look like he didn't kill her. I see. Okay, so he his plan was to kill her while she was out driving somewhere and then set the car on fire to make it seem like it crashed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, right, but it was also dis- it was also discovered that Jamie, the son, who had seen uh Kathy's car driving by him on the night of her death, had stated that Robert was the one driving it. Jamie's girlfriend at the time confirmed this as she had written about it in her diary. Investigators now believe that Kathy was killed at her home and placed in her car. They believe that Robert drove her to the railroad crossing and set her car on fire. The case is now considered closed. Yeah, I guess it's more, it's easier for me to catch on to these spousal homicides when like they actually interview the husband on, on the show and the husband's like, Yep, my life's mm-hmm. been pretty good since my wife died. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, it can be exonerating, too, because if the husband had at any point been in- interviewed, you know, being like, I'm, you know, I'm so distraught, like, who could have done this? Yeah, we had our disagreements, but, it was, you know, he didn't, I was like, as soon as he was not on screen, I was like, mm-hmm. He did it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, he definitely did it. Makes <clears throat> sense. Makes sense. All right. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to now travel through space and time back to where you grew up, Crystal, or somewhere in the vicinity. Mm-hmm, we are. Yeah, we're we're going to do a, a, a hometown adjacent. Adjacent? Adjacent? Hometown adjacent. <laughs> hometown adjacent segment. <laughs> You're listening to Word Power with Crystal and Robbie. We are going to Vallejo, <laughs> California. Um, we get a reenact. We yep. get a reenactment of. Um, this is at a uh, Loomis armored vehicle depot. Uh, there's a, an alarm is is triggered. We get a reenactment of the police showing up. Uh, they they do something which uh, I guess. I guess it makes sense, uh, but I'd never uh, uh, seen really depicted before, which is you know a bunch of squad cars are pulling up, but as they get closer to the location, they turn out their lights, 
It's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. travel through the dark like a ninja. Uh, then we have mm-hmm. a reenactment of them entering the building where, regrettably, they find three guards, all of them tied uh, tied up and uh, having been killed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They Carol. find a bunch of odd stuff at the scene, like near at or near the scene, you know, um, uh, what was it? A, a, a thing of lighter fluid in a duffel bag That's and, right. and a pair of yeah. shoes of the honors brand sold exclusively at target yeah. retailers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the product <laughs> placement here is pretty shameless. Uh, <laughs> Now, I one of the things that Robert Stack says before he introduces the segment is that everything that they're going to show us in the reenactment was actually from the crime scene. So they've somehow acquired the evidence, such as it is. Uh, I, I don't know how a bottle of lighter... Fl- there was some kind of like writing on the tag. Yeah, yeah. So, like a few um, letters and a number. I'm not sure what... I, I, they mm-hmm. kind of allude to that, but they don't r- really speculate as to what what it means or signifies um and the honor shoes at target like i'm pretty sure everyone in america had a had some honors shoes (laughs) early 90s from target i'm trying to remember the first time i ever saw a target store really yeah because like growing up well obviously i was at the vallejo target (laughs) right 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 buying honor shoes and what i'm saying is i did it i'm sorry everyone has to find out this one that it was me oh my god yeah i was only like seven years old at the time but it was me yeah i was about to say so you you're seven years old and you pulled off a robbery slash Mm -hmm. homicide of three people uh yeah that's right at the very least that would be but i left my shoes yeah well that's the sort of childish mistake a seven-year-old would make uh, That's right. I know, but honestly, like Target, I I'm try- like growing up in the, you know the Dayton, Nevada. I mean, you know, we had a, a Walmart and a Super K in Carson City. And, oh, and then uh, you know the su- that Super K was still there for a long time. When when did when when were you in the area? I moved there uh, thereabouts in two thousand two. So, okay, yeah, yeah. The was there were a lot of super K's. Those were the big Kmart's, right? With there the were a lot of those grocery section. Yeah. yeah. The then the then the Walmart in Carson City moved into a new spot and became a super center. And very shortly thereafter, the super K went out of business. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't remember a target, I guess, uh, it, the earliest I came across it would have been like 2002, 2003 when I was searching mm-hmm. for my first formal employment and I had a job wow. interview at target. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get the job, but, wow. but, but that, I, that may have been the first time I went into a target. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, we didn't, we, yeah, growing up in the Bay Area, we had Targets, we had Kmarts, but we didn't have Walmart. Mm. Walmart was a much, for most of California, I'd say much, Walmart was a much later development than Target or right, Kmart. Ones. Right. Yeah. So I've heard that there's a, there's a Walmart nearby where I live. It's the only Walmart in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I'm te- I'm I'm terrified to. It's pretty close to where I live. I've never been there, and I'm terrified to go. Okay, I um, <laughs> I heard it's like really rugged, and I looked at it on Street View, and I was like, no, I'm ooh, not, okay, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah. All right. Well, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, murder. Uh, so, right. <laughs> the the sort of the, we have a reenactment that is a construction of what authorities think might have happened. They, they sort of reverse engineered based off the sort of um, constraints that uh, robbers would face. And so we're treated with this 
this reenactment of these four individuals, you know, in ski mask. They use bolt cutters to cut through a fence and then hide behind. There's a lot of armored cars in the parking lot and they sort of hide in between, you know, this in between two of those so that the one, mm. the one security guard who's in the sort of safe room can't see them on the, the turret, the turret. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I knew it had a cool name that I wanted to mention. Um, and then they, they wait for the, the armored, the, an armored vehicle to, to, to return. Uh, it gets buzzed in through the gate and then the, uh, the, the door on the building raises up <clears throat> and it goes in and these guys are basically following behind it, uh, come into the, 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 the garage grab the two guards that are coming out of the vehicle as they like step outside you know open the door and they're stepping out and then basically uh, through threatening them force the guy in the turret to come out as well uh, they tie them up they start collecting the money um, you know they're, they're, they're just uh, yeah, like they, they have a reenactment of like the there's two of the, the, the guy the the robbers you know they're they're reaching in and they're they're picking up like bundles of money and they they seem ecstatic, ecstatic to to, to ha- have it in their hands, and they're stuffing it into into duffel bags, and then like we have like for some reason, uh, or no reason as one of the people they interview says, uh, one of the guys just goes around and he just executes all three of the security guards. This the the sound I guess triggers off a alarm inside the building. So mm-hmm. then these these robbers have to flee with the bags, and the the whoever they're interviewing mentions that like a, a duffel bag stuffed full of money is actually much heavier than most people would imagine. Mm-hmm. So like the, you basically were, were treated to like the sight of these guys, like just put like the duffel bags are on the ground and they're just tr- 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 pulling them along the ground. Mm-hmm. That is how heavy they are. And they actually abandon one of them and then, then just try to like pull the, uh, all pull the, a single one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, they escape and then Unsolved Mystery says something about them not getting the money. Like did, Yeah, they didn't they didn't get any of the money. Did they had did they have to leave by, behind the other duffel bag? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, the show wasn't really clear the reena- the reenactment really wasn't clear on that, but uh No, you're right, but the wiki is, so Oh, okay. I'm gl- I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that was the case. So I mean mm. I mean, it doesn't bring back the those those uh, those three uh, security guards, but uh, I'm glad that when they the robbers got home that night, they were just like <laughs> they blew it. No, no cash for you. Um, yeah, and now they've got a couple of murder charges on them. Too, right, so. right. Unnecessary murder charges too. Well, the uh, this the show and the cops presuppose that the because the uh, murders seem so unnecessary. Because they were able to bag up all the money without killing these people, um, they think someone who worked for Loomis was actually in on the robbery, right? And could and the people that were killed could have identified him. So, yeah, and I think because uh, we get a, a update, text update at the end, and they did apprehend uh, the the culprits. And I think they did. They mention that one of them had not had worked for Loomis. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, he was the he was the the guy with inside knowledge. Who, I mean, I guess we we the, the possibility is one of the one of the three guards might have recognized him. Though mm-hmm. though, if you did, I you 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 wouldn't want to give that away. Because that's just putting the the robber in, into a situation where they, you know, they were 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 killing you becomes much more on the table. So, um, but yeah, uh, so uh, they they were apprehended, 
sentenced to a variety of sentences from like life mm-hmm. to like three years. And I think one guy didn't even get charged because there wasn't enough evidence for him. So. Yeah. Update on that update, though. He uh, in 1999 DNA evidence found on a ski mask from the scene does connect him to oh did, the murder. Did, and he was arrested again and he was sentenced to life in prison. So, yes. All right. Well, justice done in this case. Yep. Uh, do you want to talk about amnesia, Crystal? I I do. Did yeah, you, but did, what do you want to talk about amnesia, is? Crystal? Um, but what is it? Like, I don't remember what that word means. Did you want to talk about amnesia, Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about amnesia, Robbie. <laughs> What is amnesia? It's it's sort of amnesia like amnesia is when you f- it's a color, right? Stuff. It's kind of like a a blue, sort of a dark green mm. blue. Am I right? Amnesia, amnesian, uh, amnesian blue. Yeah, yeah, that's the color of a lot of cars. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to talk about Sarah. DiGennaro, which is not a brand of frozen pizza. In fact, it's a nice lady um, from, where is she from? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But in 1976, when she was 39 years old, she, who is a migraine sufferer, historically, uh, she was at a bank and very suddenly comes down with a serious migraine headache. And um, it was terrible pain. And uh, she felt very confused. And she couldn't see out of her left eye. She somehow managed to make her way home. Anyway, husband comes home, finds her, finds that she's been partially paralyzed and was talking incoherently. So they, so husband takes her to the hospital and a blood vessel was found to have burst in her brain. And so the doctors say, we got to operate immediately. And you know what's, here's the thing. This is the second segment in this episode where someone very suddenly has a medical emergency. Right. Like, la-di-da, everything's fine. Oh, my brain blew up. Or, oh, my heart blew up. Like, are we are we just all just, like, ticking time bombs? You know, waiting waiting for something to go off? Because that's how Crystal, this that, episode made me feel. That's all, that's, all, that's all we are, really. We're just bags of blood waiting to explode, I guess. That's precisely what we are. Okay. Uh, so... Sarah is uh, unwell and they got to do an operation on, on her brain parts. And um, otherwise she would be paralyzed and incapacitated for the rest of her life. Uh, so at the time, which is again, 1976, they used a relatively uh, new thing called microsurgery and they repaired they repair the blood vessel. Um, this operation goes on for, for many, many hours and, uh, at the end of it, the doctors were able to save Sarah's life. So there's now a scene. Um, uh, we, we're already told at the beginning of the segment that this case of amnesia has erased 16 years from Sarah's memory. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess 16 years before 1976 would have been 1960. So that's the last year she can remember when she wakes up from her surgery. Um, her husband, who she remembers comes with their youngest daughter um, when Sarah's having the stitches taken out uh, from her her head case. And, uh, you know, the youngest daughter is now now an adult, is recounting to us how troublesome it was to have her mother look at her and who, who realize is that? that, like, yeah, like, who not knowing, there was no sense of recognition of her youngest daughter. Right. I mean, she, um, so, she, she reca- I yeah. loved how she recounted, like, you know, she recognized her husband, but she was like, what happened to his hair? And, you know, and looked like he had gained a few, <laughs> gained a few pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, look at this old ass. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she thinks it's 1960. She thinks she's 23 years old and she thinks she has only three small children at home instead of four teenagers. <laughs> At home. Um, so a couple of weeks after the surgery, Sarah goes home and, uh, you know, she doesn't recognize the neighborhood. She, you know, we hear it from Sarah's point of view that, you know, the the cars in 1976, because they're all these just giant 
hunks of steel, right? They're just enormous at this point. Cars. 1976. (laughs) Compact vehicles didn't really start existing until, like, I don't know, maybe, what was there, Volkswagen Rabbit? Was it a couple of hatchbacks? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, she, could, you could pick from, but. She describes them as almost like futuristic. As like, wow, mm-hmm. six. I mean, amazing to think what like a 16 year difference where you think like futuristic. Like if I mean, just look, compared to like today. I mean, if, if you looked at a car mm-hmm. from 2004 and a car from 2020, at least in their exterior appearance, they don't look too dissimilar. Mm-hmm. No. They don't at all. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was thinking about, though, because Sarah starts to tell us how, you know, beyond the car and stuff, she, she goes home and she suddenly has things that didn't really functionally exist in 1960, like a dishwasher. Right, right. And um, a microwave. Yeah, she, you know? she kind of looks like they have a reenactment of her putting dishes in the dishwasher. And it kind of like mm-hmm. she you get the feeling that she's basically just going to use it like just as a, a you know, as, as a, not a drain, but, um, you know, the, the when you, when a drying you, rack. Yeah. When you, yeah. When you just, when you, when you wash dishes in the sink mm-hmm. and you put, put them in the a rack to dry out and that she's just like, Oh, I guess, I guess mm-hmm. these, uh, I guess I dry. Yeah. It's just a built in drying <laughs> rack. Right. Well, I guess that saves okay, some I counter live- space. <laughs> I legitimately knew a family that was did not have amnesia that just used their dishwasher as a drying rack. I mean, I I can't say that I've ever done that, but that does kind of sound like something I would do as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, and the microwave issue. I mean, that's a whole thing, right? Um. What else? I was, you know, I was trying to, th- I was trying to think beyond the sixteen years ago from. What are we? We're barely in 2021 when we're recording this. So I was yeah. say 2020. So that takes us back to like 2004. Um, there, you know, we had iPod iPods were out. Right, right. I think I remember. Yeah, I, I, rem- then, I remember. iPhones weren't. I iPhones weren't. Uh, yeah, I I, st- I, I, I I would have still thought of flip phones. Um, mm-hmm. if someone said it, but we had cell phones. Yeah, we, we had, had cell, phones, cell phones and we could text message. Yeah, text message. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's here. We had the internet. Yeah. We had, um, yeah, person personal computers existed. I'm, tr- yeah, I really can't think of too. I mean, besides like being, if you had amnesia and you woke up in 2020 and you thought it was 2004, getting co- brought up to speed on like political events not so much technological advances i think would be the biggest shock <laughs> god uh, man uh, so bush isn't president anymore right i guess guess we couldn't have done any worse than that yeah but it'd also be like but we're still in afghanistan <laughs> wait what and iraq <laughs> and syria yeah. too huh huh yeah um, but not even, not even, I mean, that's a lot of it, but yeah, you would, yeah, you would have got, you would, the last thing you remember is like the, the immediate, the like first, the first year, the first of the, year, the second term of the Bush administration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. Man. Uh, um, yeah, it's, uh. Yeah, like I, the thing is, is though, if you went back from two thousand and four to sixteen years into the past, so mm-hmm. uh, what nineteen eighty eight? Yeah, but why are we going back from sixteen years from two thousand four? Well, as to to illustrate, like, because you you you've, you've mentioned that technologically from two thousand four mm-hmm. to two thousand twenty. Not that, you know, radically different. I mean, it's, you know, no. they, they, they found a way to make a, a phone into an iPod. And, mm-hmm. and now, yeah. and now we have, you know, and, the, and then in 2020, we also have those phones, but in a larger form now that we, we use as a computer in a way. But yeah. But, so all those small phone jokes we were making in 2004 right. are pretty um, hack. Yeah. <laughs> 2020. Precisely. 
But no, I was just saying, like, but from like 1988 to 2004 would would seem technologically like amazing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the prolifer- definitely. The, you know, the proliferation of cell phones—they're they're just not used by like coked up Wall Street guys anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in- <laughs> instead of a black and white little Mac computer, like, whoa, mm-hmm. ch- check out—you know—these, um, you know. Uh, computers and stuff and the internet and uh you know and just you know instead of making your mixtapes on a cassette you're you're just you're just mm-hmm. loading the songs up in an ipod uh so yeah you're downloading them from napster or limewire right you know you're not paying for it yeah 2004 <laughs> that'll continue <laughs> um, uh but yeah i i i can't i don't yeah i don't think two th- you're i think you're right i think 2004 to 2020 other than like being caught up on like historical or current events that would be pretty shocking but i don't think the adjustment um to life and devices and but I don't think that any of that's very radically different, which begs the question if we just kind of stalled out. Right, right. Like <laughs> as a society, because because I'm wondering, I'm thinking like, I mean, her her jump from like 1960 to 1976 probably seemed pretty huge. I mean, we weren't around at the time, mm-hmm. so we can't really like viscerally understand yeah. just just how big of a leap that must have felt like. Yeah, I mean, she missed the entire Vietnam War, <laughs> right? And all of that, and the Civil Rights Movement, and all of that. She missed it. I mean, she was there. If she just doesn't remember, it. yeah, yeah. It's I I like in the reenactment when 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 they're at the table and she's like they're, she's doing a little exercise where she's writing down like all the people she knows and she's asking like so, so do they still live at blah 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 and then she's like mm-hmm. and it's still 1960 right. And their her husband mm-hmm. and, and daughter are like no, it's nineteen seventy six. Oh, <laughs> yeah, of course I knew that, and mm-hmm. and thus we get <laughs> like so. I guess you know, and the show wasn't a hundred percent clear initially with this, but she decided that she just wasn't going to tell anyone. Hmm. Yeah, she kept it to herself for several years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then finally she uh, read an article in the newspaper, and she um, there's in the reenactment shows shows her finally working up the courage to tell one of her daughters, at least in the reenactment. Um, so, uh, yeah, this isn't a med segment though; it's, it's like amnesia is a type of segment <laughs> in unsolved mysteries land. Have we had its, a, its own thing? Have we had an amnesia like specific category before? Yeah. Oh, we have. Okay. We have. Yeah. There was a one guy who was like from Idaho and he like faked having amnesia because he didn't want to get in trouble for stealing the truck of frozen food. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was another one. This, this is a, this is a real one. This is medically confirmed. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So she, well, there's no call to action here. If, I guess. if if you know where her memories are, please call <laughs> in. Um, I guess she was on Oprah after she was on Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I mean, and, gosh, um, that the Santa, like, yeah, at least with the Santos family, it's like maybe maybe there's a doctor out there who knows what's go- going on. But I mean, we know what's going on with her. She had an aneurysm mm. in the memory. She can't. She can't remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also some fun anecdotes from her from her daughters about, and also Robert Stack, very like, kind of in a shamey way, being like, "But she's a middle aged woman with the musical taste of a 23 year old woman," <laughs> and then, uh, like, okay, well, I haven't listened to a new album since 2004. What the fuck do you want from me? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and, and that was what I was initially like, what kind of threw me for a curve was I was thinking like, Oh, well, she's going to be listening to, you know, bands from the early six from, from like, you know, the late fifties and and Mm -hmm. 60. And they're going to think it's, and, 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 you know, an anachronism, but instead it, if I gather correctly, am I understanding right that she was actually just listening to like what was 
popular with people of, of you know the in their early twenties at the time of nineteen seventy six. That yeah, that's what I t- I took away from it because um her one of her daughters says you know she's into the music that I would be into and I was like. She's okay, just, so I guess Sarah was loud. just like it's just listening. too darn loud. Yeah. <laughs> the, Sarah was like listening to the Sex Pistols and the Ramones and stuff, like too loud for her own daughter. I guess I don't know <laughs> what's going on there, but man, the future is uh, great. I love this music. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, it it is it is funny though. That is something that I've I've said out loud is that there hasn't been a good album released since two thousand four. So I think that I mean it makes it makes me an old fart. I think. Um, well, so maybe that m- music got worse over the last sixteen years. <laughs> I, I'm not in a position to debate this. Or, oh 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 God! My it's time for me to wake up and go to work. <laughs> sorry. But Robbie, sorry. Don't you remember the last hour? You've been at work. What? Oh my god. I have a coworker um uh just as an aside. Uh sometimes mm. we've uh, at our work we've had to do double shifts. Uh, mm. not so much right now cuz we got a bunch of new hires, but certainly when I began that was more of a thing. I I have mm. a coworker. She's she's actually a really cool gal. Uh, uh, you know, she in her younger days in like the uh, the nineties, she did a lot of sound um, sound stuff for movies and television shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was she was telling me that like she has this um. When she has to do a double shift, she does this thing to trick her mind about like, cause so, so as to not feel so uh, fatigued or just like, Oh God, this is going on forever. Is that when she starts her mm-hmm. first shift, she keeps thinking to herself, okay, I have to be at work by 3 PM. I mean, she's at mm-hmm. work, she's working, but she's thinking to herself, I have to be at work at 3 PM. So I have to be mm-hmm. at work in three, three, three hours from now. I have to be at work in an hour. And then like when three, mm-hmm. three, three PM comes around, she just sort of like pretends like, well, I'm at work. It's time to start my work day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I, I found, I found that, that charming. And, and that's kind of almost sort of mm-hmm. like the weird mind games that I would play on myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, Oh God, a double shift. That's just, I've done it. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> they do. It just sucks. They do. Um, but yeah, it's it's like uh, the, the this segment, I mean, even though it like it was kind of like you shrug your shoulders like what was even the point of it cuz there's no call to action. It was really interesting to watch and just sort of like Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I I guess it, it goes to show the mind is because, like I was saying, when I was expecting her to be trying to listen to the music of her youth, I guess that was less me basing it on, like, science and more basing it on any sitcom where a character gets amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> and they think they're a teenager again. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I, 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 guess, I guess the mind is actually, actually a lot more complicated than what sitcoms would, would lead us to believe. Um. So yeah, definitely, definitely, it's it's so interesting that it's just that amount of time. Wait, you know, it's limited to that, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, everybody, <laughs> uh, it's that time where we say all the stuff, like where you can find us on at re- at reenacted pod on Twitter, uh, reenacted. Uh, Podcast fans on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. reenacted pod at Gmail. Is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. If you want to email us something, <laughs> you can do it there. <laughs> New nude um, photos. <laughs> no, please, please don't, because I I'm the one that 
I won't say who actually checks the email. I just did. If you want, if you want to email us nude photos, uh, just just tweet at us to let us know, and I'll send you my email address separately. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and you'll get back a picture of me with a mustache. (laughs) That's disgusting. Uh, hey, if you've enjoyed our filthy little podcast, you can uh, please review us on Apple. I, I, what, is, what is it called now? ITunes. I don't know. Is it iTunes anymore? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. but give, I don't know either. Whatever just, it is, like, give us just ri- <laughs> five stars yeah. or whatever the maximum is now. Yeah, or just like write a note to your friend about our podcast and pass it to them. But don't do it in English uh, class because you don't want to get caught and have the note read. Well, I Mr. Want you to get Johnson. I want your teacher to know. Let's see <laughs> what you had to say to your neighbor, huh? Mm-hmm. Five stars. Reenacted. <laughs> An Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Uh, what else? Oh, we have the Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone who's a part of that. That rules extremely hard if you were for some reason giving us money to do this uh oh when when the, thank you when the stimulus comes in i'll get all that stuff mailed out <laughs> great um whatever whatever that may be um surprises are in the mail coming your way yeah. so um robbie do you want to do the thing join us next week for another edition of unsolved mysteries <laughs>